Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. It is four minutes after 12. You are listening to SENZ. Mark Watson with you. Looking forward to having your company through to four o'clock this afternoon. Yes, Watto is in the house. Telephone number 0800 150 one five zero eight double one. What do they call us? Midday madness on a Friday, don't they? Your chance to have your say. Jump on the phones. Let's light this bad boy up. Let's go for it. Uh, text service is double eight double three. I will say this. I think talkback is a better experience when you get on the phone and have your say. Feel free to disagree with me. Feel free to abuse me. More than happy to. Because as long as you're doing that, I know I've done my job because I've got a level of engagement whether it be positive or negative. Uh, Look, some of the issues, and I still want people to have their say again on the Auckland 1A comp. These schools saying, look, no more televised coverage of our first 15 games. Uh, There seems to be a lot of conspiracy theories out there that potentially in the background there's going to be a National Schools League set up. My understanding, knowing Pat Drummond, Mount Albert Grammar School, the reasons given are the reasons. And you will not see the Auckland 1A sell itself off to another broadcast partner. They just simply don't want the pressure being put on these young men and potentially young women in the future. I've always said this. The, I was lucky enough to do the first two years of schoolboy rugby on Sky. In fact, I remember vividly the very first game. Myself, Keith Quinn, Bull Allen, Ken Laban, and it was my old school, Mount Albert Grammar, against Auckland Grammar at Auckland Grammar School. Started with the best intentions, all about tradition and history and the players that have gone through in the past. But then it became a bit of an arms race, driven by the likes of St. Kennigan and then by King's College. Um, I think historically, uh, schools like Auckland Grammar mm, were probably guilty of it uh, in the 1980s but using very different methods than just straight-out scholarships. Under John Graham, if you wanted to get into grammar out of zone, you basically had to be outstanding at sport or brilliant academically. And there was such a desire to get in, he could pretty much cherry-pick. But I think what people are missing here is that schoolboy rugby, it's suddenly become, and this is where New Zealand rugby still just don't get it in regards to sustainability, It's killed club rugby. It's become, it's seen as the stepping stone to higher honours. I mean, I say this cynically, but I think New Zealand rugby believe the All Blacks will be okay as long as King's College and St Kennigan's are okay. Where there used to be a statement when Auckland rugby strong, All Black rugby strong. Probably in more recent times when Canterbury rugby strong, All Black rugby is strong. What we have seen though is the slow erosion of senior club rugby for a whole lot of reasons. Um, Concussion, another one. But, It's almost like, well, if you haven't made it at school, 
you're not going to make it, so why bother? And what I'd like to see is club rugby being televised. That should be the televised event. Have your club rugby competitions within your provincial unions and then potentially have a national club comp. And the good thing about club rugby is it takes size out of the talent equation. See, a lot of kids that are really, really good at school that get identified are really, really good because they're just simply bigger than a lot of other kids. And they use that size to basically bully their way through. And I think part of the reason why Auckland rugby has been ordinary for such a long period of time is because of that. A lot of the talent that's been identified through school ultimately ends up being one-dimensional because as they get to the senior rank, size is no longer a factor. So where do you sit on this one? I, I haven't had a chance to gauge people's opinions. Is this just political correctness gone mad? Do you see this as just being woke? Or are you in agreement with it? 0800 150 Feel free for somebody to kick this off. And can you see this happening around other parts of the country? The Super 8. I mean, if you want to, you know, I pick a lot on King's College and St. Kennegan's, but Hamilton Boys High School, in my opinion, is just a Chiefs provincial team. You know, they just pick and choose and cherry pick from right around the Bay of Plenty, Rotorua, uh, Mount Monganui, Tauranga region. And there's part of the reason why they've also been so dominant, and not just in rugby, but also in sports like rowing. 0800 is the number. Uh, another interesting article that I read, and I wasn't aware of it, because I'll be honest, I don't watch the breakdown on Sky. It, it, to me, Sky are just a public relations firm for New Zealand rugby. Very little opinion. Um, the only ever sort of controversy that's brought up, not actually ever against the administration. No one ever asked the hard questions. It's it's. Um, in fact, you're not allowed to ask the hard questions on Sky. You won't get a gig because... As I said, they're just a, a PR arm for New Zealand rugby. But Mills Malayina on the breakdown coming out and saying that it's okay for the All Blacks to lose against Scotland. Hamish Bidwell in Rugby Pass, really good article, just scratching his head saying, have we got to this point really? We've got former All Blacks actually saying it's now okay for the All Blacks to lose. And unfortunately, we're getting there, aren't we? And what part don't New Zealand rugby get? How moronic are they? You know, can't see the damage they've done to schoolboy rugby, uh, to club rugby, sorry. Can't see the lack of engagement in the NPC and the fact that nobody's turning up to watch it. You know, maybe 8,000 turned up to watch Canterbury play Wellington in the final, somehow think it's okay for the top All Blacks to be rested and rotated throughout Super Rugby so that we then build a model similar to what we do with the MPC. And part of the reason people don't watch the MPC is because no All Blacks are there. No stars are there to watch. And so all we're doing is we've put everything in the All Black basket. And now... They don't even care if the All Blacks start losing as long as they win the World Cup. So we've used rugby to once every four years, and within that, it, it's, it's appalling. Is it okay for the All Blacks to lose? Have you shifted that? 
Have you shifted to that state of mind? Does a nation no longer mourn if the All Blacks lose? And when is New Zealand rugby going to realise they are killing the game here? And why can't they see it? Why can't they see it? Is it just about the bottom line now? Is it just all about the money? You've got to have top down, but man, you've got to have bottom up. 0800 150 811 is the number. Hi, Dave. G'day, what eight? Happy Friday. Hey, look, um, yeah, I still care if the All Blacks uh, lose. Uh, there's three, three certain things in life. Death, taxes, and the All Blacks always used to win. Correct. But, um, yeah, I'm not, into, I'm not into this mediocrity. It's okay to lose because it's in the big picture. We, we shouldn't lose. That's our, that's our thing. That's our benchmark around the world. You know? Well, well, it's, um, it's, appalling, it's appalling coming from Mills Malayena. I mean, come on, the guy's been in the environment. He should understand more than anybody that a nation mourns. Look, you don't, you don't, no one should go out and do anything thinking they're not going to win. You, you go out and you're, in your head, you're going to win. If you don't, you put in your best effort, but you go out to win. That's why you do sport, uh, do races, play games, you know. That's why you do it. You know, with the schoolboy rugby, I think it's good they knocked this on the head. It should be club rugby, and then they should go from high school to club rugby and then to their provinces, get rid of super rugby and go back to NPC, and then from NPC, we pick the uh, All Blacks. And then school shouldn't poach players. It makes it more even around the country. You get a more even... Um, competition, you know, otherwise, you know, people need to go to a zone to go to a school. That's rubbish. Just stay where you were. Richie McCord didn't move to Christchurch to become a great rugby player, you know. We, and like you say, from the bottom up, and then they learn as they go, not thinking they're tin gods and they should be paid to play you know, rugby when they first come to a, a super franchise from high school. It's a load of rubbish. Well, I, I remember talking to the coach of, I think it was College Rifles some years ago when I was on a, another radio station, and he said, look, the biggest problem we get is we get these kids coming out of these top schools. They haven't learned how to lose because they haven't lost because of the nature of the program. And then the parents are saying, well, I'm only going to come to your club if you put me straight into premiers because my son needs to continue the exposure and you know he's destined for great things because schoolboy rugby told him so and he said it's a big challenge for all the coaches and all the clubs um, having to sort of bow down to that pressure or basically taking a stance and saying no that's not how we operate um, look I, I know people won't be familiar with the very very tough regulations in Auckland 1A now around the poaching side of it like if you come from another first 15 you miss an entire year um, they really really did tighten up on it uh, because of what St Kennegan's uh, were doing and what some other schools were doing. Um, but look, you know, I, I'll tell you, you know, I, I was there in 2010 when my school, Man but Grandma, won Auckland Champs and then went and won the Nationals. But it took them another six years to win another Auckland Championship and to win another National Champs. And I can tell you, both sides started in third form and came all the way through. But there was five years in between where they were completely and utterly in the wilderness. Um, and that's what it should be. That, that's the way it should be. And that's the way historically it once was. I, I went to school in um, Napier. I went to Napier Boys High. Now, there's four high schools in Napier. Now, from what I know, only Napier Boys High still has a first 15. Glenzo, Tamatea and Taradale don't have a first 15 anymore. Mm. And that was a strong competition with Hastings Boys, Linda's Farm, St. John's, Tiauti College. And, they, and that, you know, Hawke's Bay traditionally you know, bred good players, you know, Stu Foster, Richard Turner, the Tremaine boys, you know, all went to Napier boys. 
but I suspect that the guys from the other uh, high schools that want to play first and second rugby go to Napier boys just to play rugby, which is not right. On a, on a positive note, Mark, um, Jason Winyard, he's up this weekend. Or, you know, you can watch him online. He's a, he's a true champion, you know. He'll give blood for the country. Yeah, yeah. we had uh, Jason in studio a couple of weeks back for yeah, the, for the still, him, yeah. still World Championships coming up, are uh, being played in, um, the, uh, in, they're in Sweden, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah, Gothenburg, where John Walker broke 350 for the mile back in 1975. Yep. So, yeah, no, look, and that's that's, that, that's the positive side of it, isn't it? Just hard, hard men, mate. Yep. No rest and rotation for guys like Jason Winyard, mate. No, no. Plays on, you know, I heard, I listened to that and about his hips and, you know, stem cell. You know, and he's still keeping on, keeping on, you know. He doesn't need, oh, him, mate, you know, he doesn't yeah. need, doesn't yeah. need some rest weeks. Oh, rest yeah, but, but see, yeah. No, hey, lovely to have you on the program, Dave. Nice way to kick okay, things off. Cheers, what I have. Good Thank weekend. you. 16 yeah. minutes after 12, 0800 150 811. Some texts that have come in. Um, hey, Watto, uh, you are so correct. I was a rugby nutter, but New Zealand rugby is an absolute joke. And now my son is right into the NBA. Now, um, now that is how um, you run an organisation. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I've just put the text up in its entirety. All the big names play. LeBron played pre-season. I think schoolboy rugby is right taking it off TV, as that was a joke. Use club rugby for the stepping stone, not schools. Also, the All Blacks don't lose. I never want to hear an ex-All Black saying he doesn't mind if they lose as long as we win the World Cup. We should be winning all year and also the World Cup. Well, when you start accepting All Black losses you compromise the all-black brand. We've got a brand around the world that says we're about performance, precision, and no compromise. We've never had, we've never, ever had, sorry, that's just my mum phoning the program, making sure that I'm slowing down when I'm speaking. Um, now, I've just lost my train of thought. You know, The all-blacks have never had a mentality of losing, and that's part of the all-black brand. But we're slowly eroding the all-black brand as well. So we've eroded club rugby, MPC, we're slowly doing damage to super rugby, and then within the all-blacks, we've franchised the name all-blacks. So we've now got the all-black 15, which used to be called New Zealand A. We've now got the Māori all-blacks. We've now got the sevens, all-black sevens. And the problem with that is when those teams go overseas and lose, lazy journalists will just report it as the all-blacks. And then suddenly you pick a newspaper up in Toronto, Canada, where I've lived, you pick a newspaper up in Japan or in Europe, um, one of these international papers, and you just see All Blacks beaten by Fiji in the sevens, All Blacks beaten by Kenya at sevens, but it's still reported as All Blacks beaten by Kenya. And then suddenly the perception of the All Blacks, which was at once held as this mythical, unstoppable machine, is diminished. It's no longer that. And that's the danger. If you're going to call a team the All Blacks, you've got to make sure you give it the same resource. 0800-150-811. Love to get your thoughts. Uh, the All Black team, too, for Saturday, we should just be studying our best team. I, I, I'm not interested in Roger Tuovasa-Shek studying at second five. He's not good enough. Akira Wani should be at centre. David Harvili should be playing. The only players that shouldn't be playing are those that are unavailable, like the Barrett brothers, like the case of Sam Whitelock. We play Wales next week. We need to go in match fit. We need to go in match hardened. This team has not shown us enough this year that they can just go in cold. And if anybody thinks that somehow the win against Australia at Eden Park 
hey, we've turned everything around, has got to be completely and utterly delusional. It was an awful Australian team. They don't get up. They don't get in your face. They're like pumping weights in a gym. The weights don't push back, and that was the Australian forward pack. 0800 150 is the number taking your calls. Is it acceptable for the All Blacks to lose? Your thoughts on schoolboy rugby? Should it be televised? What team should be starting against Japan? And by the way, just on this women's rugby thing and this mess scheduling, New Zealand rugby stuffed it up. Appalling. But that is New Zealand rugby. There are shambles at the moment. But stop politicising it. Stop politicising this. Stop making this out to be this relationship between men and women as being always one of oppression, that men have always dominated women. Just take the politics out of it. You're killing the World Cup because of it, the Women's World Cup. Stop making this out to be more than it actually is. Lines are open. It is 25 minutes after 12. Telephone number is 0800 150 Jump on the phone. Love to hear from you on this Friday afternoon. Take on the All Blacks tomorrow. We've got the Black Ferns up against Wales. There's been a lot of discussion around the scheduling of both games and somehow um, there's some sort of sinister political angle to all of this that once again it's men oppressing women and New Zealand rugby doesn't give women's rugby enough respect. Uh, Look, that might have been the case in the past. This was just simply stupidity from New Zealand rugby in terms of not having these games uh, on top of each other or following each other. Um, but, But that's all it is. But I guess what we will find out tomorrow is, is women's rugby as popular as all black rugby as a lot of the media would like us to believe because the media politicise everything. And that's what's killed the Women's Rugby World Cup for me. Everything has a political angle now. People don't turn up. You know, you're a misogynist. And when people do turn up, they make the crowds out to be bigger than they actually are and they present a bit of a false economy. I want to know, what are you watching tomorrow? If you had to choose one or the other, what are you watching? We know that both teams are going to win and win comfortably tomorrow. Are you going to watch the All Blacks or are you going to watch the Black Ferns? 0800 150 Someone just texting, oh, well, that's my radio turned off for the Arvo. Apologise to me. So I think Mark's, that's probably a dig at me. Mark, at least you know how to turn a radio off, my good man. Appreciate it. Uh, someone's saying here, uh, well, Sid, why don't you're the first person on this otherwise cheerleading radio station that will tell it like it is. I won't be surprised to see England deal to us at Twickenham, which will top off an embarrassing year for all black rugby. That comes from Rob. Well, it's been a disaster of a year already. One more test loss and we equal our worst year in rugby in the professional era. But we still have Ian Foster at the top. We got to make sure that we put our best team out and I hate this constant experimentation. You know, next year, our top All Blacks are going to be rested again in Super Rugby. How much rugby do these guys actually play in a year? Do they actually play at all? I know it's gladiatorial. I know it's physical. It doesn't stop the NRL boys rolling out every week. 25, 30 games a year. And when we do put the All Black jersey on, they still rest the top guys. 
No one turns up to NPC. No one's turning up to Super Rugby. No one's playing club rugby anymore. Why can't New Zealand rugby see the trouble the game is in? Oh, we've got the Silver Lake deal, though. We've got Altrad sponsorship. We've got Ineos. Bottom line looks great. We're okay. 0800 uh, Someone just texting in too, and I'm going to get into this after one o'clock, just suggesting that... And this is from Charlie. Listening to the Socceroos protest about Qatar human rights. Where are we? Um, sorry, yeah. Uh, Qatar human rights. Isn't... Isn't that hypocritical given Australians' record with their Indigenous population isn't exactly sparkling? That comes from Charlie. Yeah, look, I've got a guy, John Harker, on the programme after one o'clock, and I just want to touch on this because there's a lot of hypocrisy in all of this. Um, The netball team, $15 million in sponsorship, gone. An organisation that's been struggling financially. Now, there's... I'm not Aboriginal, so I can't imagine what it's been like to be an Aboriginal living in Australia, and I can understand that, yeah, human rights haven't been great. But I would have thought a better way to protest would be not go to the Commonwealth Games. All of the players just don't go to the Commonwealth Games because if you want to talk about oppression and you want a symbol of oppression, you've only got to look at the British monarchy, you've only got to look at the Commonwealth. And I wonder whether these players that have taken a stance based on comments made 40 years ago, which were dreadful comments around Aboriginals, if they're true to themselves, they will not make themselves available for the Commonwealth Games going forward. And then we've got the racial cleansing of the Uyghur Muslims in Australia, in China, a million of them, Chinese government up to no good another Indigenous group. Where are the protests? Where's the consistency here? Going to stop wearing Chinese-made products? Pat Cummins taking a stance on global warming. Doesn't want to wear or promote the energy company that sponsor New Zealand cricket, uh, Australian cricket. Well, I can tell you that Australia are the largest exporter of coal to China. China have the highest emissions in the world. Pat Cummins should just turn around and say, I'm not representing Australia as long as our Australian government continue to export coal. But of course he won't because he doesn't believe in it that much. In fact, he probably doesn't believe it at all, but he just feels that he can make some money by virtual signalling because it makes him look like he's got a social and environmental conscience. Happy to go, though, and play in India, where they have 7% of global emissions, where there's a high level of corruption and there's apartheid in their caste system. It is 28 and a half minutes away from one o'clock. Let's bring you the latest in headlines. Well, listen.
listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. This is Friday Midnight Madness, 0800 is the number. You can test us here on double eight double three schoolboy rugby. The diminishing of New Zealand rugby, the All Black brand. What team should take the field for the All Blacks? And if you had one choice, what are you going to watch tomorrow? The Black Ferns or the All Blacks? You can text us here on double eight double three. the hypocrisy of sports people and virtue signalling. Be very, very careful when you go down that path because you will ultimately end up looking like a hypocrite. It's a bit like the vegan who wears leather shoes. 26 minutes away from one. Hi, Dean. Yeah, how are you, right? Good, thanks. I'm actually... I don't know. If I could, I'd actually watch the women's because it's a World Cup, to be fair. But yep. My partner's Japanese, so I'm kind of keen to support her and watching that as well. But the all-black team... Like I know everyone's thinking it's going to be a walk-up. I'm not 100% convinced because there's no combinations in there whatsoever. They've done training field stuff, of course, but I'm just trying to look through the power plays at the TAB and see if there's not somewhere that you can't sort of sneak a wee dollar on Japan to be doing something, but there's not. There's plenty of options, but mm. I don't know. Like For me, I really enjoy the women's rugby with, without sounding disrespectful because it's it's like watching the... The men's rugby in the 80s, like they play skip two, skip three. They run with pace, and Ruby Tui's just like a Christian Cullen, a breath of fresh air just all over the field. And there's not a whole heap of forwards in the back line making it nigh on impossible to find a hole or get through, you know what I mean? So it's actually, I've enjoyed the games that I've seen uh, delayed on whatever TV channel it is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to both, I have to say, and I'm not. As I say, I, I can't find anything here that sort of interests me with Japan doing anything in the power plays. Yeah, yeah, no, look, just, just on that, like I say, I have been lucky enough to be commentating over the last couple of weeks the Defence Force Women's Rugby World Cup, and it's been a really high stand. A lot of the players on the cusp of their own national teams, France, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, etc., and I've been impressed. No scrum resets, um, ball-carrying front rowers. Um, you know, there are some areas where, you know, the kicking perhaps don't quite get the distance and exiting at key parts of the field is maybe is not as effective as you might see in the men's game, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. What's killed the Women's Rugby World Cup for me has been the politi- politicisation of it, making out everything is about um, oppression of women and let's just move on, let's just enjoy it for what it is, let it just naturally and organically grow without actually having to try and inflate the numbers at the ground and, you know, saying, hey, that's the greatest hucker that's ever been performed and all of this other sort of rubbish that goes with it. And the other thing is, stop telling me what I should be watching. Let me choose what I want to watch. Um, So I'm with you, Dean. The only disappointment I have is that I don't know how you can have a draw where you play Wales in a quarterfinal when it was only a couple of weeks ago you'd already played Wales in the pool play. Now, normally at a Rugby World Cup, you can play a team like France in the pool play, but the way it's scheduled, you're only probably going to meet them again in the final. And that's disappointing. I think we all know the outcome of the game tomorrow for both games. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. I I don't know who does the scheduling of a lot of things nowadays in sport to be to be brutally honest, I, this whole Japanese test was just sort of thrown together at the 20th minute, and I almost wondered whether it was a well, Sky had been good to New Zealand rugby for so long and Spark coming in. I don't, but it, no, it, no, it, no, Sky didn't want it because they, contrary to what all of the 
PR comes out, all of the spin that comes out. Sky didn't want it because they didn't believe it was commercially going to be viable for them. You know, that is actually more of an honest admission of how they perceive the women's game versus the actual front that they put out there or that the official press release or what their official point of view might be. If they honestly believed this Women's Rugby World Cup, if there was interest in it, they would have secured it. Oh, I think that makes 100% sense. You only had to watch the women's NPC and it was, when you take away the players' free tickets, there weren't many people actually paying to go. So, No, no I, and, I, yeah, and that's... And, and, and that's my point, Dean. Stop, stop manufacturing it. Stop creating a false economy around it. Just let, just let it naturally progress. And and if the product is good enough, and and give it time, we will watch it. If it's not good enough, or it's not commercially viable, don't try and blame it on the patriarchy. Don't try and blame it on oppression. It just simply might not be commercially viable. Yeah, and it's it's in all sports. I look at. I've argued this for years about women's tennis. Like, I've got no problem if they want to play parity, but play five sets. Oh, well, Grand Slams, it should, yeah, Grand Slams, it should be five sets because, I mean, you've got women doing Ironmans. Um, yeah, it should be five sets. A- absolutely, it should be. And you'd have better contests. I, I mean, one, of, I-, I love women's tennis. I genuinely do. Um, but when it gets to the Grand Slams, you know, how often do you ever see a final that reaches the heights of, say, the men's final? And if the men's finals were the best of three sets, we wouldn't have great encounters either. How often do you see a guy coming back from two sets down to win it in five? I think that's why we watch it, because you know there's certain makeups of individuals that go to those particular events and they have that mental toughness to grit their teeth. Mm. Like Nadal's just mm. a freak at it. Federer was yeah. very good at it too. Yeah. Like it. That's the beauty of sport, though. There's yeah. always going to be pros and cons. I, I agree with you. Just give us some transparency yeah. and honesty. Just, just give us some honesty. Oh. Just let us pick and choose and stop telling us what we should watch, what we should listen to, who's offensive, who's not offensive, uh, what's a good hacker, what's a bad hacker. Just take all of the social, um, what do you call it, this identity politics out of it. You're just destroying the game. Look, we get it. History hasn't been good to anybody, man. I get it. But let's just enjoy it for what it is. Hey, thanks, Dean. I do appreciate it. Telephone number is 0800 150 811 is the number. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. Yeah, not quite as good looking as Mark Stafford, to be fair. Mark Watson with you. Telephone number is 0800 150 811. Just a text that's come in from Warwick. Hiya. Totally endorse schools removing schoolboy rugby from TV. The focus on kids has killed our club scene as players in the ages of 22 to 25 are leaving in droves because focus is on untested 18-year-olds. If a school kid is good at 18, he will still be good and better when he is 21. Warwick, brilliant text. Completely and utterly agree with you. Uh, Craig texting in, if the Australian soccer players feel so strongly about the dire state of human rights in Qatar, then they should boycott the World Cup. And I agree, and I think if the netball team are consistent in their stance, and I think they've got every... um, You've got every right to be, boycott the Commonwealth Games. Because if you want a symbol of oppression, it's the British monarchy. Um, if someone out of Australia helps asking the question, how much do you hate Australia? Well, I don't hate Australia. I just don't like a lot of Australian sport. And, and then you've come back and said, typical Kiwi arrogance. Sorry, is Pot calling the kettle black there? Yeah, hmm, 
Yeah, hmm, very, very short memories. Look, sport is full of hypocrisy. But this sponsorship issue, if players start telling the marketing departments what to do, there's going to be no money in sport. The reality is the big companies that sponsor sport are energy companies, alcohol companies, gambling, and the odd big bank. You can go behind the scene of any of them, and if you dig deep enough, you're going to find a level of moral corruption. And what? And then you're going to stand on the moral high ground and say it's unacceptable? Oh, but by the way, make sure I still get paid. Forget that those funds are hopefully channeled down through to grassroots, the small clubs throughout the regions to help sustain the game at that level. Oh, 800-150-811 is the number. Uh, someone's saying, what, I love your work, but the reason why Sky Sport have this Women's World Cup is because they won the rights, which included the Men's World Cup in 2019. Uh, Sky were outbid on what they really wanted. That comes from Jason. Yeah, that makes sense, Jason. Thank you for clarifying that too. Um, yeah, it was part of that overall package. Sky have jumped in and got the next uh, couple of World Cups. Hi, Cliff. G'day, Mark. How are you? I, I, I did mention this the other day to Staffy, but I, I have a real problem with this All Blacks 15, this third base team that, that we're sending away. Now, when it was announced, a big announcement was made back at the end of June, early July. The All Blacks 15, a new team, was going to make a big tour of North America and Europe, playing Canada, two more games, and then finishing off playing the Barbarians. Well, this tour to me has become a joke. All they're doing is playing Island A and, and the Barbarians, and it almost looks like it was everything was announced before anything was organised. You know, the, the All Blacks that are away, you know, the, our, the proper All Blacks, they could have played the Barbarians at the end of their tour. And this Look, Island A is just an absolute waste of time. Why are we playing Island A? Because it doesn't mean nothing. They, they don't come here and play us. So why are we sending a team away, 30 players plus all the hangers-on, when the money could be spent locally? On, you know, our, our Heartland team that has announced they're going to have a game against the New Zealand police at Taupo. And they usually go on a tour. So why, where, where's the money going? Into trying to feed a few jokers uh, a nice cruisy holiday, plus a few All Blacks, potential All Blacks who might leave. But the guys that didn't make the, the two teams, they're leaving now anyway. Yeah, look, um, I've I've said this. The only people that are doing well in rugby in the moment are the players and those and the players' association. It's very much the tail wagging the dog. I don't have a problem if you want to send a New Zealand A side away because you want to continue to create depth below the All Blacks. But only once you've got club rugby right, once you've got MPC right, once you've got grassroots right, because it doesn't matter what you do in terms of saying, oh, we need an A to develop. In the long term, you're actually not going to have the depth of player to develop anyway because people are leaving the game in droves. Um, but do not call it an All Black 15. Just call it a New Zealand A. It's not an All Black team. If we lose to Ireland B, it will be reported in some far part of the world as All Blacks lose to Ireland. And, again, it'll diminish the All Blacks brand or the perception of the All Blacks brand among those people who are not rugby aficionados but who are aware of the aura of the All Blacks. But this team, uh, Mark, was 
was announced as playing a three-week tour, playing four games. Island A, two two high-profile games, and a game against Canada. Well, it's become a, a two-part two game for three weeks, playing the Barbarians, which the All Blacks should be playing that Barbarians game. That's That should have been the highlight. I, I, after the yeah, yeah, but Cliff, Cliff, they're tired. Remember, they've got to rest. They've got to rest, Cliff, and they've got to miss most of Super Rugby and all of the NPC, Cliff, because they're tired. We don't get it, Cliff, but life's tough for being an All Black, mate. You know, the million dollars a year. I mean, it's, 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 it's there, tough, mate. Cliff. It's tough, Cliff. I know. I say that very cynically, of course. Yeah, look, I agree with you, Cliff. I, I mean, look, New Zealand rugby's. I, I just cannot, I just cannot get my head around the resource that they've got that they just aren't listening to people out there about the state of the game in this country and how engagements are dropping away and people are no longer interested and that it's now acceptable for Mills Malayina to come out on TV and say he doesn't mind if the All Blacks lose to Scotland. I mean, where did this all come from? Where are we heading? Why have we got to this? It, it, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. They are just so... The board, who are the board? Where are these people? Where's their business acumen? God gave you two ears and one mouth. He wasn't stupid, man. Why can't they listen? We are the customer. They're custodians. This is our game. It's not theirs. It's not the players. It's not the Players Association, Cliff. Hey, lovely to have you on the programme. Thank you. It is seven and a half minutes away from one. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.